It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Hey, welcome to the Locked on Wizards show on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net station. I'm your host, Noah Getzel, and uh, Locked on Wizards is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here we are on Dash Radio, coming to you every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday night. The Wizards are out. Their season's over. Uh, they lost Game 6 to the Toronto Raptors here in D.C., 102-92. To help me break down everything, I'm here with Brian Kramer. And what we'll be talking about tonight is just the absolutely horrible fourth quarter. You know, thinking about how, how bad the fourth quarter was for the, the Wizards in game five when they hit just i think a third of their shots they were eight of 24 it was even worse tonight they were four of 16 outscored 29 to 14 in the fourth quarter they got pummeled on the rebounding side of things everything just looked ugly and in that quarter john wall was 0 for 4 yeah it it was a a bad finish (laughs) the wizards uh had the five point lead going into a fourth and then it the kind of what might make it worst of all is that it wasn't even the raptors starters who were you know, punishing the Wizards. Like, you had Pascal Siakam, DeLon Wright, and uh, Fred Van Vliet playing at least eight minutes each in the fourth quarter. So it was really the reserve unit. The The Wizards were incredibly winded. You know, they had Wall and Beal playing over 40 minutes. Markeith got 38 as well. So we'll talk about just how, how depressing it is to lose, not you know, to a bench. And then finally, we're going to end the show uh, by talking about where the Wizards go from here who keeps their job? I mean, who? Well, that's assuming everyone gets fired. <laughs> who loses their job? I should say. Um, you know, the roster obviously had a lot of flaws. There was one small forward on the roster able to play. Of course, Ubre got into foul, some foul trouble. So, you had a lot of three-point guard lineups that seemed to function a little bit, but ultimately there was just not the personnel to sustain a victory. So, what are your initial thoughts after the final buzzer? like sounded and you realize that you know this was over in front of the home crowd 10 point loss a lot of people were leaving the stadium with about a minute or two to go um a lot of booze that we heard as well just what what's your reaction to this obviously you know this wasn't the game six performance that you would expect but it all went south in the fourth quarter what what happened there i mean i think it's a combination of different things i think we're i mean we're gonna talk about the minutes and i think the bench and I just I think it was just a combination of things I think they lost their steam I mean 
they came out to a really hot start, which is great and something we don't usually typically see from the Wizards, but then they couldn't make a shot. Like, that was kind of the rarity was that they were making shots in the first, like, four, five, six minutes of the game, and then they nobody could find their shot really after that. I mean, Bradley Beal made... He had a solid third He had quarter. a shot. I mean, he had Actually, a solid... his whole second half. He had 18 points. I mean, some people had solid lineups, quarter. but, I mean, you're looking at, like, Kelly Oubre, one of seven... Um, right. Gortat, zero of three. Um, you know, Sadoransky was one for three. Um, Mike Scott was three of seven. So, I mean, you know, nobody had a really particularly good game, except for, you could argue, Beal and Wall. Um, well, Wall didn't shoot too well. I don't know what percent nine of 22 is, but that's, you know, that's not great. But he uh, had eight assists. He's the only yeah, person they, who contributed Yeah, there assists. were no assists. We'll talk about right. that. Only 12 as a team off of 32 made field goals. And then when you talk about turnovers, the Wizards didn't have a ton, but the ball was obviously in Wall and Beal's hands. But they had a double. Lot. They had double compared to the Raptors. The Wizards had fourteen, and the Raptors had seven. Yeah. So ten of that makes a big deal. Wall and Beal at the same time. And right. The, the so biggest it, issue was that you know there's there's nobody really to take the load off them. That's where right. you saw they were getting trapped, and they had nowhere, no one to kick it to. Right. Keith Morris, I feel like he didn't score after the first quarter. Okay, he had. I can't remember if it was nine and no, it wasn't nine in the first quarter, but nine in the first half. He had a good game rebounding. He had fifteen boards. He did. But, he had a double double. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like you know, in the second half, only three points. Uh, we talked about Ubre wasn't hitting his shots. He was one of seven. He was in foul trouble the whole game. Uh, Gortat didn't do very much. He had two points. Scott had his eight in the first half, and then <laughs> no, first quarter alone. Yeah. He was leading the Wizards in the first quarter. Right, well, and then he didn't score a single point after that, which is kind of surprising considering yeah. how hot his shooting has been, and that's what Brooks was talking about it before the game in his pregame presser that, you know, Brooks, you know, or Scott was, you know, just on a hot streak in that, but unfortunately that was not doing so well tonight, and we only saw him play about yeah. 15 minutes, which... No, no points in the second half. He played about right. a standard four minutes, three, four minutes uh, in each of the third and fourth quarters, but... You know, only took one of, shot in the right. second half. I mean, I almost would have rather had him out there that they had some weird lineup. They had a weird lineup in the fourth quarter where, I mean, they had Lawson in. They had Wall, Beal, and Lawson, which was kind of... right? At one oh, point, not yeah. at the same time. But they had Wall, Beal, and Lawson in together, I think, with Morris and Gorta. And I was, like, kind of surprised. It like, took me back for a second. I had to think, I was like, wait, Lawson wasn't even on this roster before the playoffs, and he's sitting here with, like, the Wizards' last seven minutes of the season, and he's out there on the court. I was kind of surprised that Brooks trusted him enough. And, I mean, I would have – I don't know if you could have played Scott at the three, but I would have rather almost had Scott out there just for a little more, more trust. But, yeah, it was just a combination of things. You can't point tonight's loss to one thing. I think it was just a combination of things. And, honestly, it didn't surprise me, you know, like we were talking about when, you know, it came down those last two minutes of the game and you were like, well, what are you thinking? It's like – it didn't really surprise me. It honestly kind of fell in line with a bunch of other their games and how the style of play that the Wizards have, you know, played all season. I mean, you know, they have really good moments, but the ball movement was not that great. Um, you put everything on the starters, and you expect Wall and Beal to have to carry the team. They can't come out, and for really, they only came out for a minute, two minutes in the second half, and so... It's just, yeah, I think it was just a combination of things, and I wasn't honestly really that surprised. Yeah, I, a big thing was rebounding, too, because it seemed like every single time the Wizards actually got a stop, there would be an offensive rebound, and Jonas Valanciunas or somebody would grab it. Uh, Pascal Siakam right. had a 
a, a solid game with like 11 points. Especially in the second seven half. Seven rebounds as well. So it was just deflating, you know, when, you know, you make this great stop and then it, they get another 24 yeah. seconds. Uh, yeah. Lowry played great throughout the game. He had 10 points in the second quarter, eight in the fourth quarter. DeRozan had a very quiet game, I believe. Yeah, 16 points, shot 6 of 18, so he missed 67% of the shots, but finally in the third quarter. Yeah, and he barely he made it to the free throw bit. line. Yeah. He only he shot four in, times. In the third, though. I, I feel like the Wizards just ran out of steam, yeah. and it was a minutes thing, and the fact that you have very few players who can create their own shot. And when you look at the Raptors, they don't necessarily have someone who strikes fear in your heart off the bench like a Lou Williams type of guy. But, or, you know, Eric Gordon or someone like that. But it's, like, this was Fred Van Vliet's first game back. He he was a little bit quiet in terms of, like, the final box score. But his impact to start, was it the second or third quarter? Second quarter. The second he quarter. just had assist after assist, and it looked so easy for the Raptors. The Wizards were up 30-20, to 20, and then in a heartbeat it was 32-28. Uh, it was, I think, an 11-2 run or something to start the, the second quarter, I believe. And no, that was the fourth quarter. Yeah, the, the Raptors came out really hot yeah. in both the second and fourth quarters, when the the you know their bench is clearly much better than the Wizards' bench. And I mean, you could argue that Mike Scott deserves some more minutes. Mahimni actually played solid in his his time. He only had eight minutes. Get, yeah, he didn't get any rebounds actually. Um, but I mean, Scott eight points, five rebounds, one steal. Uh, I feel like you're just secretly in love with J- with Mike Scott, and you, <laughs> you just want him to, to get all the time. And he was shooting hot, but I think he couldn't play small forward in terms of guarding someone like DeLon Wright or um, who else was C.J. Miles. That, that's maybe a slightly easier cover, but DeLon Wright's a little too fast. It looked like for most of the fourth quarter, they had Van, v- Van Vliet, uh, Kyle Lowry, DeLon Wright, um, Jonas Valanciunas and uh, yeah, Blon Wright and Pascal Siakam played the entire fourth quarter. Uh, Van Vliet was in there for a while, so I mean, maybe you could have stretched it, but it was it was just not the ideal situation. I I don't know like who you would rather have playing small forward, Beal versus Mike Scott, because it's a bad fit either way. Yeah, and it was it was kind of an emergency situation where you know. Uh, given the calf issue or lower limb bone bruise, whatever you know popped up for for, for Porter that required this Procedure. immediate surgery. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 scary. It's not something you can pre- predict. But for how many months have we been saying that they need more wing depth? You know? Right. No. Like, yeah. For Ubre sure. Can be a bit emotional. Can be a bit of a head case. So like it makes sense that he might have gotten a bit too hype for the game and got some early fouls. He was just trying to play aggressive uh, aggressively and. You know, it's it's just unfortunate, but the way the roster was constructed, it was Ernie's master plan that, you know, we can get by with just two small forwards and right. everything would be just fine. And not to mention there's no backup shooting guard either. You know, right. do, you, do you think of Ty Lawson or uh, Sato. Sato as, you know, a shooting guard? No. no, they want the ball in their hands, obviously. No, you don't think of them. You don't even, I mean, Sato got most of his minutes tonight at the three at the shooting forward spot. And like you said, I mean, even then it still was nothing... There was no good person off the bench to plug into whether it was the shooting guard, or the small forward position. There was just nobody there. Yeah. And like Limited you said, yeah. like you said, I mean, would you either way, would I rather have Beal or Mike Scott, you know, and on small as small forward, quote unquote, 
neither one of them really fits either. But, like, I think for me, I mean, obviously, if you've been listening, you know that I do like Mike Scott's game a lot. But I think for me, comparatively, especially in the series and the way he had been playing, it was just more of a trust. Like, even though he wasn't completely shooting hot, like, I would have rather him out there because I know he's going to do all the right things and yeah. he's been having the best series besides Brad and John. And he's be been more having chemistry, the, too. Right. And, and right. And I just think it's more even compared to everyone else. I mean, Sato had. Granted, he played the most minutes of the series that he's played so far. He had almost he played almost 18 minutes, but he didn't really have a great game. No. I mean, Lawson played almost 20 minutes, and he was good. I mean, he's been our he's been decent, but like again, same thing. The stat line doesn't impress you whatsoever, though. Right, and, and I mean Ty with Lawson, Uber, with yeah, six points, three rebounds, not too much. Right, on. and with I mean with Ubre having like you said the foul trouble and whatever. I mean, who else do you play? And like you said with Gortat, I just. I don't know. I think Scott should have gotten a little bit more minutes. Like, it kind of surprises me that Sato and Lawson got more minutes than Scott. So, that's just more my thing. I just kind of surprised me. Yeah, it was it was a really rough fourth quarter. And the Wizards yeah. were in the game, even though they weren't shooting hot. You know, it gave the fans a lot of confidence when Sadoransky had that tip in after Beal's missed floater at the right. third to put the team up five heading into the fourth. And there, there just weren't people making plays i'd have to look through you know who actually made field goals in the fourth quarter that's crazy the wizards made four field goals in the last quarter facing elimination i'm sure they had no win left yeah and i think when a couple threes um morris made one shot and ty lawson actually scored as well but it's it's shocking but as you mentioned not completely you know when you think back on the wizard season like you know when it matters most of course, everyone's been playing too long, and, you know, the, there was no ball movement. Things just crumbled, and you can't be surprised. It's the Wizards. Right. And I think when you're talking about fans having confidence or fans having this, like, false sense of hope, I think one of the things, too, that I saw a lot of people talking about on Twitter is the free throws. Because the Wizards, I mean, granted, um, who missed one? It was Lawson who missed one for the Wizards. No, not Lawson. Um, it was Morris. Morris missed one for the Wizards, but otherwise they were perfect. I mean, they were yeah. perfect. I mean, they were twenty they from twenty one. They like twenty one right. of thirty one some other game. Right. I, I mean, and that's a bit you know a big deal, especially. And they limited DeRozan to the how many trips he took to the free throw line. He only had four, but I think that was the big thing. So a lot of the Wizards fans that I saw on Twitter were talking about. They're like, oh well, that's a great thing that we you know we're almost perfect from the free throw line because that's been the deciding thing from. In a lot of games, it's come down to, like, if they just made more free throws, they could have won the game. So the fact that they were making free throws was like, well, if it comes down to the end of the game, at least we'll have the free throws that we made. And that wasn't the case. I know very little about science, but are you familiar with the biological term osmosis? Yes. So, you know, if, like, a cell has X amount of water and then, you know, it has to maintain its equilibrium with salt. So, like, all right, sure, the Wizards made their free throws and stopped... uh, you know, DeRozan, DeRozan from getting from, the line. Yeah, he missed two-thirds of his shots, but at the same time, like, the bench exploded for right. a ridiculous amount. Yeah. You know? No, that's, yeah. So it's just, it's, but that's what I saw people talking about on Twitter. Yeah, it's just sure. like, you know, and so I think that gave them a sense, false sense of hope, especially going in the fourth quarter when the game was so close because it was like, oh, well, we have this little bit of an advantage, so that should help us. And it was like, no, that's not really how this works. But I do agree that I liked seeing the improvement in mm-hmm. the free throw lot in the things. It was just a little... It wasn't enough. Just a reminder, this is Locked on Wizards show here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net Station. I'm your host, Noah Getzel, and I'm not sure if I introduced you. I think I said, like, at the beginning. You definitely did. Okay. Anyway, you should follow uh, 
dash, sorry, NBN, nothing but net. So NBN radio, I've got to double check it actually, but follow uh, nothing but net on Twitter, follow at Locked on Wizards, follow Wizards Extra. We're both reporters for Wizards Extra, by the way. And Bryna is Bryna K13, B R Y N A. I'm Noah underscore Getzel. Um, and let's talk about the bench a little bit more because the Wizards bench was pretty limited. The The Raptors bench actually wasn't terrific. They scored 34 points, but it was just a, a trust thing where there was kind of like no, you couldn't tell if it. If, you know, everyone was just like an amorphous blog and had no numbers and name on the back of the jersey, <laughs> you would not really be able to tell when the starters were in versus the bench. Because right. it, it looked like the same team for the Raptors. And that's the difference between them and maybe a team like the Warriors or the Rockets where, okay, if you shut down James Harden, if you were to shut down LeBron on the Cavs, for example, you know, the rest of the team isn't going to beat you. But the Raptors have too many weapons. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's like... As uh, Coach Scott Brooks mentioned, Kyle Lowry is not looking for his shot, but he's he's a winner, and he had a big game tonight. Uh, do you do you what do you think was you know? It's I'm very envious of this Raptors bench because yeah. the Wizards bench. We were talking about it before the game. I'm like, oh, the bench got so much better this year, and you're like, oh, really? The <laughs> shooting guard didn't improve. I guess there's a point guard. Uh, leg up, and then we were kind of debating whether Mike Scott or Boyan Bogdanovich is better. The consensus is that Mike Scott adds a little bit, brings some more to the table, but it's, you know, it's it's a, a gutsy decision by Dwayne Casey, I would say, to roll with bench guys, and uh, in the fourth quarter, you know, two bench players played the, the entirety of the fourth. Nobody on the Raptors played more than 33 minutes and 27 seconds. That was DeMar DeRozan. He played that amount. You know, you had and he barely played in the fourth. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's yeah, it's such a versatile team, and it's incredibly frustrating. What else frustrated you about this game? Have we? I mean, obviously there was a dud in the fourth quarter. John Wall looked like he ran out of steam, uh, despite you know playing well throughout the game for the most part. The ball movement. What was yeah. up with that? I. I I, this honestly, I don't even know. I'd have to go back and check the stats and see what was the worst in ter- game in terms of assists this season. But this has to be one of the worst games in terms of assists. I mean, the Wizards only had 12 assists compared to the Raptors' 18, which, again, I'm kind of surprised the Raptors only had 18. But the Wizards had 12 assists, and that's something they're really known for is passing the ball. They've had great ball movement, especially I'd say they found it more so in the playoffs. I'd have to check that with stats. But they... The ball movement, for the most part, looked a lot better in the playoffs. But this, I mean, not in the fourth quarter as much, though. Not in the fourth, but At overall, least in game five, yeah. overall, it was definitely an improvement compared to the last few weeks of the regular season. But tonight, I don't like I said, I don't know if this was technically the worst game in terms of assists, but twelve assists. I mean, John Wall had eight of them, and then nobody on the bench had an assist. Nobody I, on the bench had an some... assist, which is kind of shocking yeah i didn't make it into the locker room when markeith morris was speaking which is always a travesty when you miss his in-person interviews but i do have the print <laughs> out of his quotes and it says you know just on what went wrong in tonight's game he said i couldn't tell you keep said 12 assists uh which speaks for itself he said earlier we had a bunch of turnovers we didn't make any shots down the stretch they beat us that happens all of these sentences were i don't know about three or four words Obviously, he's frustrated. Uh, Beal is known for having bad body language on the court. On the press conference, he, he, he can't see me right now, but like his head was basically just slumped over in his arms. He had yeah. horrible posture. He just stared at the um, 
final box score for the first like minute or so at the press conference. Just kind of stared at it. Didn't really yeah. know what he was doing or thinking, but tough, tough way to end the season. Uh, yeah. So now let's let's transition one more time and talk about what kind of changes the Wizards need to make. And I want to scroll through like our Wizards extra group chat. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention I found the Twitter account for Nothing But Net, um, which is the radio station you're listening to right now. It's NBN Dash Radio. That's NBN D A S H Radio. Uh, no spaces or anything in there. So tune in. Um, great shows from Locked On Wizards every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. So I'm going to take a second to look through the tweets of our Wizards Extra group chat because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of fire out there. <laughs> and basically, do you think Ernie Grunfeld, is this the last straw? Is he going to get the boot? Or is Ted Leonsis going to say, oh, well, you know, we had a lot of injuries. We missed Otto in our final elimination game. Markeith Morris was slow to start the year. John Wall missed half the season. Like, what can you really expect from a team? It's... This has to be it. I could not imagine a situation where after everything we talked about, you know, he signed like five point guards. Why do you need five point guards on the roster? It makes absolutely no sense to me. You can't expect a guy who is so used to being the playmaker in Sadoransky to play small forward in like the most important right. game of the season. There, There's lots of things that are constructed poorly and just so much money guaranteed. So it's not like the Wizards, maybe they get lucky and draft a guy like Donovan Mitchell in the draft. But, you know, it's not like they can trade for anybody. They don't, you know, the, nobody wants Gortat or Mahimni's contracts. Uh, everyone's making a ton of money. John Wall, of course, he's, he's the heart and soul of the franchise. He's guaranteed, like, $40 million a year uh, once he hits his new uh, max deal when he'll be 29, 30, 31, those ages. So there's a lot of money tied up. Um, there's not much... The Wizards can do. Do you feel like anybody is untouchable on the Wizards in terms of people who could potentially be traded? But let's start big picture. Like, who loses their job? Somebody's got to be held accountable for for this season. You know, they made the playoffs four out of five years, but this was the first time of them making the playoffs and not advancing. Of course, it's tough as an eight seed, but you get to be an eight seed when you lose to teams like uh, the Atlanta Hawks and the New Dallas. York Knicks and Brooklyn and Dallas and Phoenix and LA Lakers. I could go on and on. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I don't know, I think it's a, what do I think is going to happen and what would I be surprised if happened is like what, two yeah, separate questions. First, so I think... What do you want to happen and what do you think will happen? I mean, I think, like you said, I think it'd be, I think I'd be, Ernie needs to go. And I think it's been too many seasons too long. Like you said, the roster's poorly constructed. They have too much money tied up. I mean, everyone who has paid any kind of attention to the Wizards and, like, has looked at the roster and looked at what everyone's getting paid, they know that that's the case. Do I think that's going to happen? No. And, I mean, I I, it, I, know it's painful to say that, but, like, I don't think that's actually going to happen. I think we all know that he, Ernie just has a very storied history with this franchise, and I think Leon's is comfortable with letting someone he knows and he trusts – to have this team, you know, just let it go, like, the way it has been. Um, you know, making the playoffs looks good, and, you know, they can use that as justification to raise the ticket prices for next season. And oh My God. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I mean, but so, would I be surprised if he gets fired? No. Would I be surprised if he doesn't get fired? No. I don't, I don't actually think it's going to happen. Do I think that's what needs to happen? Yes. 
I think um, I posted a podcast earlier this week with uh, Becca Winkert at BeccaMVP on Twitter, and basically the, t- the title was like, Becca is sick of saying empty Capital One arenas. And one of the comments or replies that someone like retweeted is, if the tickets weren't so damn expensive, like maybe I would go to one of these playoff games yeah. or one of these regular season games. So They're ridiculously expensive. It's pretty. It's a challenge because you want your fan base to be engaged, but when you kind of... When they can't afford to come. When you can't perform the regular season, when you can't defend your home court, and, I mean, in the playoffs, well. when you well. can't even afford nosebleed seats. Like, yeah. that says something. Do you know about how much those 400-level tickets are? I be? mean, depends on where you want to buy the them from, but, like, I think they can even sometimes be, like, 30 bucks. Right, yeah. Oh, like in the playoffs or regular season? I don't know. Okay. I, don't, I haven't looked at them, and honestly... Yeah, Forever, I know but... the only thing that's affordable is if you're, like, in the corner, upper 400 sections. Then you can find something for, like, $40, $50. Otherwise, if right. you even want to sit... And that's through, that'd be through, like, StubHub or something like that. Like, a discount ticket yeah. site. It's... Which is still ridiculous. Do you think that Scott Brooks deserves to keep his job? It's tough. Because, on the one hand, I do, you know, the argument for him keeping his job is, yeah, they had... And, you know, the roster wasn't... What he was given to work with wasn't that great. So he had to overplay a lot of Right, he had stars. to overplay. John Wall was out for 41 game, half the season. I mean, like I said, the bench... I'm surprised he put out a bench unit, but, like, the bench wasn't that great. I mean, he still has, what, three more... De- he had a fa- he signed a five-year deal, so... And he's, he just finished five year years, two. Million, yep. So he just finished year two, so he still... Maybe, I mean, I don't think he's going to get fired. I mean, I don't think they're going to do that. I think if he got fired, it may be in the middle of next season or, like, after next season. I think they're going to give him next season yeah. um, and then maybe look at it. But they're not going to fire him this season. What do you think this is going to be the biggest change that we see this offseason, then? Do you think Porter and Beal remain in D.C.? Beal, definitely. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not getting rid of – I know people – like, I've heard a lot of people talk about it on Twitter – I want to blow this team up, whatever. Like, I'd rather trade anyone if it means getting, like, someone like DeMarcus Cousins or why. By the way, I don't know what the relationship is between uh, CJ McCollum and DeMarcus Cousins, but CJ said on a recent podcast, like, in the past two days or so, that DeMarcus wants to play in D.C. Of course, he wanting players... He him, yeah. Yeah, I mean, wanting... or He, he kind of, like, believes it, but he just, you know, it's it's nothing like... Yeah, there's it's it's just rumor mill at right. this stage. Like, and plus, just saying someone like the Wizards can't do anything about it. Right. <laughs> it was kind of like last year when John Wall's like, "I want Paul George to be all, our small forwards." Like, well, cool. He's you know he's on the Pacers. Like, what what can we do? Do you right. <laughs> but no. But anyway, so my point being that you know I don't I don't think John and I think John and Brad are safe. I don't think they're going anywhere. I think this franchise loves them too much and has put too much into them being the faces of the franchise to just up and willing, willingly trade them. Um, I think everyone else is touchable. I mean... Would you sacrifice, let's say, like, Ubre Porter and a first-round pick for a guy like Kawhi Leonard, or would that be out of the question? He's never coming here. You don't think? No. Okay. He, Why no. do you say that? We're not... We are a big... D.C. is a big market, but DC, he's not coming to D.C. He I, I don't know if he'd get enough shots up either. <laughs> he... No, he's not coming here. And they'd have to trade him. He's not a free agent, so that's not happening. 
Um, so what I don't, do you think will be the biggest change? Is anyone losing their job? Is any player moving out? Is a lot of people seem to think Wizards Gort, get rid of a lot Gortat? of people. Okay, lot of how people, do you get rid of Gortat? I, I don't. He's what one more year? <laughs> yes. I don't know. I Nobody think if you're asking him. me what's Nobody likely, thirty-three year old. But you're you're asking me okay. what's likely, yeah, and sorry. I feel like that is the most. He'll be gone somehow. That is the most obvious scenario to me. That is like I don't see how they do it. I don't. I mean, I'm not. I don't know enough how about how to caps work and whatever to say this is how they're gonna do it. But I could see that being the case. I mean, I don't even like. It's such a this this roster. Like I well, I don't even know. There are some players who are still improving. You know. You would hope but that. But then it's like, do we sign, do you think we should sign Mike Scott back? I mean, Mike Scott is a free agent, I, I think, because he only signed a one-year deal. I don't know what the market's going to be for him, but I like him better than a lot of I other would, players would, on the roster. See, and the thing is, I know he's going to... And I was gonna, mentioning Ty Lawson, too. Right. Like, is he the best backup point guard? Do you stick with Sadoransky? And Ubre is probably, you know, as inconsistent as he's been, he's after next season, he's probably going to command a lot of interest and money right. around the league just because of his athleticism and defense. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, and, it, and then, like you said, there's the thing of like, you have to, I don't even know enough about who is going to be a free agent this summer, just in terms of who else would be available. But it's like, like you said, it's like, do I sign, you know, like you said, do you sign do Mike you Scott again? Right. Do you trade away your future? It's just so many different things. I honestly haven't looked enough into this summer and who's going to be available and things to of say. Course, this yeah. The season just ended, what, like an hour ago? An hour and a half, half something. Yeah. Two hours. I don't know. Anyway, the, the wound is still fresh. Someone just like put a knife in our back. They haven't twisted. They haven't released. You know, we, we haven't. There's going to be a lot more venting coming up on Locked on Wizards. Yes. Um, and Arthur Renault's going to be on a lot of podcasts. And, you know, he, he has no filter whatsoever. So no. District Mamba is coming to get you, you and just, your heart out. I've already seen it on Twitter tonight. <laughs> Arthur is taking no prisoners. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us here on Dash Radio. Once again, I'm Noah Getzel. And here tonight to co-host and be the guest was Brian Kramer. Um, definitely check out the podcast on iTunes. Subscribe there. Locked on Wizards is also on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, um, and a few other places. Anywhere else where you want to check out your podcasts, you can find us. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Happy trails to the Wizards. What you mean you don't know? Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.